Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Turn to Joshua 21:45. Joshua 21:45. And when I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation today, just cuz I like the way it says it. It says this, Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything, come on, somebody say everything. Come on, say everything. He had spoken came true. You know, and and I've said this every week and I'll continue to say it. I think a lot of us read over this and we don't really apply this to our lives. But can I tell you, the Bible says that all of the promises are yes and amen to those that are in Christ Jesus. So if there's a promise in the Bible and you're a Christian, it belongs to you. You can take that and you can say, that is mine. You can claim it by faith. So here's what we're going to do is you're going to put your name. Whenever I point to you, you're going to put your name in the spot, okay? Because I want you to get this, that this promise belongs to you, okay? You ready? Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to Come on, we're going to do it again. I know it's complicated. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to. Come on, say it like you mean it. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. Come on, somebody say amen in this place. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you'd speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, What's Next? What's Next? Have you ever been in a place in your life and you wondered, what's next? Anybody ever been there? Like, I, I might be the only person, but, but you, you're, you're, like, in this place, and, and, and it's like you're entering into a new season, or you're, or you're coming into uh, to a different job, and you're kind of always wondering, like, what's next? You know, I've been at this place many times in my life, uh, but uh, a couple of days ago, I was at this place because my wife decided that uh, she wanted to take our guest room and turn it into an office. Uh, for those of you that don't know, portable churches we don't have a permanent office. So uh, I, we do a lot of our work at the kitchen table. We're working out of home, and, and it's a very frustrating process. I mean, it's not that we don't have the money to, to, to find a location, but we've looked for offices. We can't find offices. We, we thought we had one, and, and then it, it, it just didn't work out. It wouldn't pass inspection. And so anyways, there's all of this, these things. And so Crystal said, you know what? I'm done with it. We're turning our guest bedroom. We're taking the bed out, and we're putting in offices. And I said, okay. So uh, I did what I do, and I took all the furniture out, come on, tore down the beds, and did all that stuff. And then she did what she does uh, best, and she went shopping. And, uh, and she comes home, and I think she's going shopping for furniture. Well, she does go shopping for furniture, but she brings home unassembled furniture. Does anybody, like, she goes to Target, and she buys furniture that's in a box. It's not a, it's not a real piece. It's just in a box and you have to, can I, just a side note here. If you buy my kids something for Christmas that needs to be assembled, do it your dang self, okay? 
Don't give it to me and expect me to do it. That's not automatic dad duty, okay? You, you, can, you can assemble it, but, but here's the thing. And, and so she brings all this, and she goes, and, and it's not just a little furniture. She brings me four shelves, like big shelves, and then she brings me a desk, and I have to put all of this stuff together. And here's the deal is that I'm not like most men. I actually do read directions. It doesn't bother me. I don't think that I, I can just look at a picture and put it all together, number one. Uh, it just uh, it doesn't always make sense. And so I start putting this furniture together, and every time that I would finish one step, I would go, what's next, right? I, I would go to the, to, to the instructions, to the directions, and say, what's next? And I would look, and then I would go, and I would act out that. And then I would go back to the directions, and I would say, what's next? I've been in, have you ever been at a place to where you started a new job, and they just assume that you know what you're doing? Anybody ever, I've worked for guys, that they just automatically assume that you know everything that's going on and everything to do. So they'll give you a task, and then they leave you to your own. And you're, you're sitting there, and you're, okay, I can do this. And you finish the task, and you have to go back to that person and say, what can I do next? Because you don't automatically know. I think the greatest time in my life when I had to ask this question the most is when Crystal got pregnant with our firstborn, Braley. This was a time in my life when I asked what's next a lot. See, it's all fun and games until somebody gets pregnant, right? And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, there's a lot of jokes running through my head right now, and I'm just going to leave them all alone, walking away, walking away. I like, I like y'all. Why don't you come back? But uh, anyway, but, but here, she comes out, and she's waving this stick, and I don't know what this stick is. She's coming out of the bathroom, and, and, and she's waving this stick around, and, I, and I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? And she's like, I'm pregnant, and I'm, oh, it's all, we're excited. We're, you know, we're pumped. We're screaming. We're yelling. We're having a good time. It's fun, and, and then all of a sudden, we kind of settle down and, and have this question that comes up, what's next? You know, well, what do we do next? And so she makes a doctor's appointment, and then I'll just say this that a woman's doctor's appointment and a man's doctor's appointment are entirely different things, okay? Y'all got some medieval stuff going on in a woman's doctor's appointment. I don't even know, like, what? So I go into this room, and there's a table with stirrups in it, and I'm sitting here, and I'm over in the corner, and he's doing his thing, and I'm wondering, should I leave the room, or should I punch this guy in the face? Like, this is not, this is not my wife here, man. Like, what are you... So we finish that doctor's appointment, and then the question is, what's next, right? It's always the next thing, and you're trying to figure out what's going on next. So then we go down, and we register for the baby shower, and Lord, we we put everything on the list. It was just everything. We, We need it all. And, and we still have things in the attic I don't think that we ever use, because when you're a new parent, you don't know what you need to do the job that you're about to have to do, right? And so, so we, we, and then I have to get the baby's room ready and everything has to be just so. And then she goes into labor and we're sitting there. And, and here's the thing is that I was a paramedic and the doctor knew that I was a paramedic. So she's in active labor and she's sitting there and doing her thing. And, and I'm sitting there just smiling, you know, cause that's what men do. And, uh, I like the good old days when the guys just waited in the waiting room. That's, that was the good days. But, but here, here I was, I was sitting there and the doctor looked at me and he said, Hey, do you want to deliver this baby? And I looked at him and said, you want to give me all my money back? 
And he goes, no. And I said, all right, then just do your job. Just. So we have the baby, and, and, and in the hospital, everybody does everything for you. You know, it's like they take care of everything. They're taking care of Crystal. They're taking care of the baby. Braley's being well taken care of. Everything is going so well. And then they say, okay, it's time for you to go home. And they put you in a wheelchair and they wheel you out to the street and they put you in the car and they wave and they smile and they think without saying they have no idea what they just got themselves into. Because you get home and there's nobody there to help. And the baby, I don't know what it is, but as soon as you walk through the door, it's like they just start screaming at the top of their lungs and they won't stop. They just keep crying and cry. I'm scarred, y'all. Y'all gotta, I mean, I said we would have more kids, but our kids cried all the time. Like they just wouldn't stop crying. You put them in the car. Some of you are like, oh, our kids are Jimmy and Nancy. They have the best kids. They barely even whimper. And I'm like, if I would have had kids like that, I'd have had them all. I would have had 10 kids. It would be, we'd have, we'd have, we'd have enough for a football team. But, but my kids were horrible babies, awful, awful, horrible babies. And I'm sitting there, and a baby's crying, and I've done all that I know to do. And so I ask the question, what's next? I do the only thing that I know to do, and that's to pick up a phone and call my mother. (laughs) Because maybe she can give us some kind of direction. There's some of you that are newlyweds, or you don't have kids yet. It's coming, trust me. It's, It's coming. you got a lot to look forward to. But here's the thing is there's a lot of times in our life that we wonder what's next, but we refuse to ask what's next. There's some of you, you're, you're a new Christian, and you're coming to church, and you're smiling, and, and everything's going good, and, and you're living your life, but really, deep down, you kind of have this question of, okay, I, I've accepted Jesus, but what's next? What do I what do I do next? Some of you have been coming to church for a long time, and I know that you just come because you love the comfortable seats uh, here at the church, Roy City. And uh, I'm just being, I'm just kidding. I hate these chairs. Uh, they, they hurt my back. I sit in them for like two minutes. But, but uh, you, come, you come, just, you, you've been coming for a while, and you, you have this question of, of well, what's next? Maybe you just here for the first time. So I'm going to tell you some things. Here's the thing is I would be amiss as a pastor if I didn't let you know what the next step is for you spiritually. You you need to be understand you need to understand that there are steps that you need to take this year. We want this to be your dream year uh, as far as you opening businesses or or getting your marriage right or all of this stuff, but we also want this to be your dream year spiritually. See, I don't want, I, I, our whole thing, Crystal and I's whole thing for this year is moving people from just coming to church to actually being disciples, to actually understanding and, and taking initiative and saying, God, I want to know you more. I want to, I want to a relationship with Jesus. I want to know him. I, I, I want to pray. I want to hear his voice. That's what we want for you. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, I'm going to give you a few steps. And then we're going to be done. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. I'm going to read it up here. It says this, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. 
Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Now, I just want to pause right here because I think a lot of people have a wrong idea of what a pastor's job is. See, a lot of people think, well, it's the preacher's job to tell my coworkers about Jesus. It's the preacher's job to get people to come to church. It's the preacher's job to, 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 to come up with. Can I tell you, the, the only job that I have as a pastor is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. See, we have a wrong idea of what ministry people are. We think that if you get your paycheck from a church or you get your paycheck from a religious organization, you are hereby, or you're ordained, you are hereby in full-time ministry or you are in ministry. Can I tell you that that is the wrong idea and the wrong thought pattern? Because as soon as you said, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, and you make him the Lord of your life, you are automatically hereby in ministry from there on out. And my job as a pastor is to equip you to do that work effectively. And I know everybody's saying amen. You're screaming at me. It's okay. Y'all ready? Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, it says this. It says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ. We keep reading. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen? Here's the, here's the first step that I want you to under, uh, understand. The first point in this message is stop worrying about all the steps and just take one step. I think uh, we get into a place to where we get overwhelmed by everything that there is to do. That we, You ever get overwhelmed and you think, well, it's just too much, so I won't do anything. I, 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 you go out to clean the garage, and it's just, it's, there's stuff piled on top of everything. And it's just, I, My garage, it, it's a nightmare. You walk out, and there's barely room for a car to fit in. And I walk out, and I think, you know, I need to clean this, but I get overwhelmed. And so I end up just doing nothing, going sitting on the recliner and watching a little bit of TV. Because I get overwhelmed, I refuse to do anything. And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed spiritually where they think, you know what, I don't think that I've achieved it. I don't think that I can reach it. We look at other people's faith and we think, oh, man, they're amazing. And they're doing these incredible things. And we get so overwhelmed that we just cross our arms and say, well, if I can't be there, then I'll just do nothing. And the truth is, is that God wants you this year to take one step. You know, I, 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 here, here's the deal is I just want everybody in this place, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, to move one step. You know, I, I did a P90X uh, a few years ago. And for those of you that don't know, Tony Horton is from the devil, the guy that did, did P90X. I'm pretty sure he, he could be Satan. I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure... And, uh, and, and he, because he's invented forms of torture that should not be on this earth. It's, it's, 
uh, I've started back and I can barely walk most of the time. But, but, but one thing that he does, and he says in this, and, I, and it's a direct quote, he says, listen, Rome was not built in a day and neither was your body. So keep showing up day after day and keep hitting play. That's all he says. All you have to do is keep showing up, keep doing the workouts, putting in the work. See, the thing is, is that while we understand physically that I can't go to the gym one time and look like Jimmy, it's just not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to show up. I wish, come on, I wish there was a pill that we could take and that would happen. But the truth is, is that I'm not going to go to the gym and automatically be in shape and everything be right. We understand that physically, that we have to keep showing up day after day, week after week, and, and keep doing it over and over and over again if we want to see the results. The truth is, is the same thing applies to us spiritually, but, but most of us don't understand it. So you got to keep showing up and reading your Bible. You got to keep uh, spending a little bit of time in prayer. You got to keep coming to church. You got to keep, you got to just keep putting one foot in front of the other, taking the next step to get to your goal. See, here's the thing is at the church, everything that we do is based on a step. We, everything that we do is based on a step because we don't want you just to stop. Here's the thing is the first step is you come to a weekend service. That's where you're at right now. This, this is our weekend experience, and it's good, and everything's, everything's good. You like it. The preaching's good. The worship's good. Everything, and, and you enjoy that. But here's the thing is that most people, that is the starting point, and that's the ending point, and that's not the way it hit, is here at the church. We think that we come together. We worship Jesus together. We love our weekend services, but the thing is is that's not where we stop. We, we also have our next step, which is called community groups. We, we, you'll hear this saying over and over and over again is that we are a church of community groups, not a church with community groups. The reason why is because we honestly believe here at the church that we are better together. That God has not meant for you to do life alone. That there are people in this room that, that, that you need to link arms with that will help get you to your destiny, to your purpose. I'm telling, the Bible says if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. And I wonder how many, if we begin to link arms with each other, how much we could accomplish as a church if we would just begin. I know there's some of you that don't, y'all, y'all sneak in. Come on. You sneak in. You're in the, here, the last song. You, you sneak in and you're out before the close. Closing prayer. As soon as I hand it off to Jimmy, you beat me out the door. That's the hey, we love we love you, but the thing is, is that God has intended for you to build a relationship with the people around you. Can I tell you there's somebody sitting next to you that can help you? But we buy into a lie that we're the only ones that have struggle. Can I tell you you're not the only one that's messed up in this room? I know BJ, and he is jacked up. I'm just kidding. Here's the thing is you're not the only one that's messed up, and don't buy into a lie that you're the only one that struggles. That you're the only one that has problems. Can we, we encourage you to get involved into community groups, into small groups, because there are people around you and there are people in this room that will help you accomplish all that God has for you. The, the third thing is, is we have a next steps program where you can join the church. 
And here's the deal is that all we want you to do, the reason why we want you to join is not because we need to beef up our numbers. It's because we want to get you to step four, and that's get you as a part of the dream team. And what does the dream team do? They show up week after week after week, and they set up all of this stuff, and they play on worship teams, and they rock babies, and they sign in people, and they make coffee, and they run sound, and there's a place for everybody. And the reason why they do it is not because they're less busy than you. It's because they understand that God has given them a gift, a talent, an ability. They're not going to come in and just sit in a chair and amen the preacher, but they're going to show up, and they're going to be a contributing uh, uh, member of a church. And see, can I tell you, you will never feel more fulfilled than when you're serving someone else. Never will you ever feel more fulfilled than when you're serving somebody else. I love people that they tell me, they, there was this one woman, and she said, you know, I, I, I get, kept getting pushed to do the dream team, kept pushed to get, do the dream team, and I thought, you know what, I'm too jacked up. I got too much going on in my life. I'm too messed up. I got, I got things wrong with me. But here she is, and she says, you know what, fine, I'll do it. I'll make coffee. I'll just make coffee. I'll make it happen. And she came to us weeks later, and she said, you know what, I joined the dream team, but I, I thought I shouldn't because I had some issues in my life. But as I began to serve others... Outwardly, God began to do something inwardly in me. When you're serving others, God begins to do a work on the inside of you. We want you to take one step. See, growth will never happen by accident. Growth will never happen by accident. You have to get up and make a decision to grow. Can I, can I have two questions? Lord, we're, Brad's here. I I get longer and longer winded, I think, uh, as I go. But here's the the first question I have for you. Are you in the process of taking the next step? Maybe you're new here and you're like, okay, this is all foreign to me. Can I ask you, are you in a process of taking the next step, wherever you are? And, And the best way to answer that question is to ask yourself this question. Are you the same spiritually today as you were last year? Because if you're the same exact person, your, your, your faith is exactly the same today as it was last year. Can I tell you, there's no condemnation, but today is a new day. And you can start taking a step. You can say, you know what, I don't want to be in this place, the, the, the same place spiritually. I, I'm tired of struggling with this thing over and over and saying, oh, I'll deal with everybody. I'm tired of doing it. I'm ready to take a step and, and move forward in my faith. The second question you can ask yourself is, what area of your life is God asking you to grow in? What area of your life is God asking you to grow in? The second point in this message is this, refuse to stand still. Refuse to stand still. Verse 14, it says this, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever, they sound like the truth. Here's, here's what I want you to understand in this, is that maturity is important. Maturity is important. You know, my, daughter, or my wife used to always say, you know, she'll see the kids, and they're growing up, and they're getting bigger, and she says, oh, you just need to stop growing. You need to stop eating, because I, I want to keep you this little forever. But the truth is, is what she says that, but she also knows that that is not healthy. If my kid stops growing, 
It's no longer healthy. There's something going on and there's something wrong. See, the thing is, is that we don't expect them to grow overnight, but we also accept, expect them to continue to grow because that's what healthy things do. They grow. Maturity is important. You don't, you don't get saved and, okay, I'm going to make heaven my home and, and, and everything's good and just go through life. No, see, God wants you to continue to develop your faith. He wants you to continue to move forward. See, maturity gets you to your dreams. Maturity will take you to the next level. You know, uh, my son has a dream. And he says, what I want to do one day, Dad, is I want to pastor the church, Roy City. He says, that's, that's my dream. That's what I have in my heart. That's what I want to do. And while that is an amazing dream, here's the thing, is I'm not handing him the church tomorrow. He's nine years old. Come on. He's not re- You want to see uh, attendance decline in a hurry, then, then I, I, he's preaching here on out every week. The truth is, is that while he has a valid dream, I understand that he's not there yet, that he needs to develop, that he needs to mature. My daughter says she wants to be a teacher and she wants to go to Africa and preach the gospel. Now, here's the thing is while I think that's an amazing dream and we're going to pray about it because Africa's a long way away, but he, here's the, <laughs> while I think that's an amazing dream, here's the deal is I haven't packed her bag and bought her a one-way ticket to Africa. Why? Because maturity matters. I believe this, that God wants you to see every dream come to pass in your heart. But I think that some of you aren't ready yet. There's some people that they, oh, well, if I had a million dollars, my life would change. There's some, you're in this place, if you've got a million dollars, you, you, your life wouldn't change at all. You'd be broken a week. Because the problem, it's not a money problem, it's a thought process. You're not mature enough to handle that money, that's why you don't have it. Mm. God put a dream in your heart. And he wants you to see it come to pass. But you need to start taking one step at a time. And saying, God, I want to be a little more mature next week than I am today. And next year than I am right now. And I know I'm not going to accomplish that overnight. It's a process. God never called you to perfection. He called you to process. The last thing, and I'm done. Is people need you to take the next step. People need you to take the next step. Verse 16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. It helps the other parts grow. Isn't it amazing that God puts us all together? Not because we need bigger numbers or we need a bigger church, but because the person next to you needs you to help them grow. There was a man that was out for a drive. The reason why he was out for a drive is because he was, he hated being at home. He hated everything about it. Him and his wife fought all the time. They couldn't stand one another. They were always yelling. They were always fighting, and so he did what he always did when they got into a fight. He got in his car, and he took off for a drive. 
He's driving down the road. And he comes across a sign that's pointing to the church, Roy City. And he thinks, well, I don't want to go home. I got nothing else to do, so I'll go there. He walked into church that day. He sat through a message that I don't even know what I preached. But at the end of it, he gave his life to Jesus. He went home and he told his wife what had happened to him. He brought his wife to church the next week. She gave her life to Jesus. And they've been coming to the church ever since. Not only do they come to the church, but they're actively serving on the dream team and are a part of it. They're happily married today. Why do you tell me that? Because somebody was willing to take their next step and join a dream team and wake up early on a Sunday morning and put a sign out. A life was affected for eternity and a marriage was impacted right here. Can I ask you this question, friend? Who's waiting on your next step? Who's waiting on you? The truth is, is somebody needs you to help them. I know you're not there. I know you're not perfect. Can I tell you something? I'm not perfect either. I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. I've got things. I'm not telling you what they are, but I got things. But here's the deal is that God has given me a gift to equip you to help you grow. And God has given you a gift to help somebody else grow. Who's waiting on you to take the next step? At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Church RC. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.